Good day, my friends, and welcome to another moment of Black History Moments with Bo. And I hope you're doing well today, and I hope your life is flowing in the direction for which you meant it to flow. Well, the great election is over, and Senator Warlock, the people of Georgia gave you the ball, now you must run with it. You must show them people down there that you are worth them standing in line for hours to vote. We wish you all the luck in the world, but it's really not about luck. It's about action. Now, with that being said, let's talk about Deion Sanders here for a moment. I don't know why some of our folks are hating on the brother because he left Jackson State. And here's the thing, if you've never changed jobs, you never went from McDonald's to Burger King, you never went from a one-bedroom apartment to a two-bedroom apartment, if you never tried to move up the ladder of life, then you can cast that first stone. But here's the thing, Mr. Sanders brought millions of dollars into Jackson, Mississippi a town that wasn't moving at all. The bottom line is this, if you did not donate nothing to HBCUs, you have no right to say anything. As far as I'm concerned, Deion Sanders did wonderful things for the HBCUs. And I'm not just saying that because I am alumni of HBCUs, I'm saying that because that is a fact. People kept breaking into this man's car. His son's car was broken into several times. And that's because Jackson State is in the hood. And the water down there is so terrible at one time, they had to take baths in the gym pool. Can you believe that? He didn't receive any bonuses from the school for winning the SWAC championship. The alumni won't donate and the schools half-ass fed the students and the players. The city of Jackson didn't support the school properly, and Jackson State's salary was $300,000 a year, and Colorado's salary, $5 million a year. If you want him to stay black, pay black. And don't ask him to do something that you wouldn't do. This man got a family to support just like you. And smart men make smart choices. And I think he made the right one. And you people down there in Jackson be mad at Deion Sanders for leaving Jackson State more than you are mad at Brett Farr for stealing money from the state of Mississippi? Come on. Some of you have to open your eyes and wake up. They have always divided us and made us hate each other. Mr. Sanders, as George Jefferson of the good times used to say, keep moving on up. Keep helping our young black men. You've done more for HBCUs than anyone has ever done. And hopefully these other schools will start looking at HBCUs and more HBCU players will get drafted into the NFL moving on up. And even perhaps one day 
we'll see HBCU teams playing on CBS, ABC, and NBC on Saturday afternoon. And if it happens, it'll be because of Mr. Dion Sanders. Today, my friends, I'm going to introduce you to a man by the name of Benjamin Singleton, a man that you will not find in our school's history books, but a black man that we should know about nonetheless. The so-called father of the black exodus, as Benjamin Pap Singleton called himself, was a former slave and grassroots leader who facilitated the migration of other former slaves to Kansas and other homesteading sites in the West, where they hoped to be free from the racial and economic oppression that they had known in the South. Now, he worked through what he believed was God's plan for him to help his race by moving westward, later encouraging African-American-owned businesses in order to strengthen the economic conditions of the race. But now little is known about Benjamin Pap Singleton's early life. From his birth on August the 15th, 1809 to the mid-1870s, records show that during early adulthood, he worked as a cabinet maker in Nashville, Tennessee, where he was born a slave and spent his early years. To avoid being sold, he escaped to New Orleans, but was later returned to Nashville. He was sold to owners who lived in Alabama and Mississippi, but apparently escaped repeatedly and was captured and returned to his hometown. During one of his escapes, he went on to Windsor, Ontario for a brief period and then lived in Detroit for a time. And there he worked as a scavenger and also managed a boarding house where fugitive slaves were often sheltered. When the Civil War ended, he returned to Nashville. Singleton was determined. He was determined to ensure the safety of black people in Tennessee and beyond. In fact, he considered that he had a God-given mission to relocate those oppressed people from former slave states to states that offered them a friendlier environment than they had known. When he returned to Nashville, he saw nothing had changed. He saw continuing evidence that many whites were hostile, even cruel toward blacks. In the late 1860s and 1870s, he lived in a section called East Nashville, on Edgefield, across the Cumberland River that separated that section from the main part of town. He worked as a cabinet and coffin maker in Nashville, as well as in the surrounding counties. In fact, many of the coffins that he made were for blacks who were killed by white vigilantes. Some of the coffins were often made for freedmen who lived in contraband camps near his Edgefield residence, who died from crowded and unsanitary conditions. But Singleton envisioned a better life for the people of his race, 
He wanted them to be independent of whites and own their own land. But land in Tennessee was too costly for blacks. Therefore, he looked elsewhere for land where they might settle. Now, Singleton claimed that he was a Ulysses S. Grant Republican, but he was more interested in economics than in politics. And in 1875, he was elected to the Tennessee Convention of Colored Men. Around this time, Singleton and two other craftsmen, W.A. Sizemore and Columbus M. Johnson, were active in the convention as well. In September of 1874, Singleton and Sizemore founded the Edgefield Real Estate and Homestead Association. Columbus M. Johnson, a preacher who recruited in nearby Sumner County's former contraband camps located in Hendersonville and Gatlin, also worked with Singleton and possibly did so longer than any other man. He went with Singleton to Kansas to explore the possibility of homesteading. Johnson also became the Kansas-based agent for Edgefield Real Estate and Homestead Association. Migration was Singleton's central interest. Although he urged blacks to migrate to Kansas, he had tried to address the interests of those who wanted to remain in their homes in Tennessee by seeking to buy farmlands. When that proved to be too expensive, he pursued what he thought was the only alternative, an exodus to Kansas. He visited Kansas in 1873 to survey homesteading possibilities. He and Columbus Johnston went to Kansas on an inspection tour in 1877 and returned to Nashville to promote his efforts to the local press. His real estate association held mass meetings during 1877 and 1878, and on July the 31st and August the 1st, 1877, opened a mass meeting in Nashville to all residents of Tennessee. While some 500 black laborers attended, many race leaders failed to attend. In 1879, Singleton made serious inquiries with government officials in Kansas regarding homesteading in that state. The black exodus took off after Singleton and his association promoted their work through speeches and festivals and picnics and distributed leaflets to blacks throughout the South. By some accounts, the migration really began in 1876. However, the lack of money and supplies prevented many African Americans from reaching their promised land. Association members led more Blacks to Kansas in 1877 and 1878 and founded at least four all-Black communities in Cherokee, Graham, Lyons, and Morris counties. They incorporated Singleton's Colony in Dunlap, located in Morris County, Kansas, where Singleton lived temporarily between 1879 and 1880. Some of the settlements survived in modern times, such as Nicodemus, which survives as a collection of buildings protected by the National Park Service. Some migrants settled in Topeka 
in a community known as Tennessee Town. The movement continued, and in 1879, some 20,000 destitute African Americans migrated to Kansas from Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. In 1880, some 2,400 African Americans from Nashville left for Kansas. Many Exeters suffered continuing hardships that they had known in their home states, such as difficulty in finding work, which resulted in economic problems. Others were successful and appreciated the move. Still, others went to sites further west. Now, the migrant situation took on political meaning as Democrats accused Republicans of encouraging the move for political reasons. In 1880, Singleton was a witness before the U.S. Senate Committee that investigated the exodus. The Republican Singleton was never shaken by the Democrats' cross-examination. He even gained fame for his claim that he was the whole cause of the Kansas migration. For his work, according to Stephen B. Engel, he became known as the Moses of the colored exodus. By now, however, he was no longer an advocate of migration to Kansas. From 1880s on, Singleton lived mostly in Tennessee town a neighborhood near Topeka, named for the sizable number of Tennesseans who settled there. He became politically active, founding and supporting many short-lived political associations. One of these was the United Colored Link that had as its mission race unity in order to establish African-American-controlled businesses and to work through the Greenbacker Party to form a coalition for white workers. Dates of Singleton's activities, including his birth and death, vary in published sources. Whether he was married or had a family is thus far unknown. For a number of years, he suffered poor health and according to some sources, he died in St. Louis in 1892 and was buried in an unmarked grave. Benjamin Pep Singleton achieved a part of his dream and had a long established record of working to improve conditions for the people of his race. His mission was enormous, but the financial support that he needed to achieve it was never forthcoming. So there you have it, my friends. Benjamin Pap Singleton, a man that you will never find in our school's history books, but you will find it here because we will drag his efforts and his realities out of the darkness and bring them to the light. We will let our people know who he was and what he was about. So rest in peace, my brother. Although you might not have been known 20 years ago or 50 years ago, you are known today and will live on in Black History Moments with Bo's archives forever. Well, my friends, you know what that music means. It's time for me to get out of here. But before I go, I got a message I want to relate to you. Speak to our children as if they are the wisest, kindest, most beautiful, and magical being on earth. 
for what they believe is what they will become. Have a gorgeous day, my friends. And until next time, it has been my honor.